Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. A man living out of his van won over the locals, became a part of a church, and started getting his life in order. Until he converted his van into a mobile cage, that is. This video is sponsored by Fabulous, the number one self-care app to help you build better habits and achieve your goals. Fabulous is a digital coach, a happiness trainer, if you will, that helps you develop better habits. And with Fabulous Premium, you can now build and improve on an unlimited number of habits in your routines, and in addition, take part in all sorts of programs and exercises. The difference between Fabulous and other self-care apps is that it's 100% personalized. It's based on real behavioral science, and it helps break down scientifically proven healthy habits into smaller tasks that can help you achieve your goals, so you can achieve a little bit more every single day. Whether you're looking for real, long-term changes to your routine, or if you just want to accomplish little tasks here and there to help you build motivation, Fabulous is great for that. With Fabulous Premium, you can use it to build and track habits on your own, or you can use the guided version to get a little bit of extra help. When it comes to the self-guided approach, habit tracking lets you choose between over 100 habits to work towards improving, or you can even create your own. If you wanted to shoot for a more guided approach like I did, you can go for any number of dedicated programs, all based on behavioral science that allow you to hit your best goals for well-being. I wanted to work towards dealing with stress, so I had the app help me out with that. It started out by simply building a better wake-up routine. I like how simple the app is to navigate and understand, and how you can even set little reminders to help keep you on track. It had me coming back each and every day to check my progress and just see where I was at by that point. Fabulous offers all sorts of other benefits, like support circles, online coaching sessions, and even Make Me Fabulous, which lets you explore different exercises that will make your experience even better. So start building your ideal daily routine with Fabulous. The first 100 people to click on the link in the description to download the app will get 25% off of their Fabulous subscription. So why even wait? Work toward building better habits today and you'll thank yourself for it later. Being kidnapped is, understandably, one of the biggest fears of a lot of people out there. However, what is often scarier than the kidnapping is the fear of what's going to happen to you after the kidnapping. Imagine if you were thrown into a prison cell on wheels, your fate completely up in the air. Well, that brings us to today's case. Today we have the story of a man named Sean Sanders. Sean was a man who had just moved out to Alabama from Los Angeles, although it wasn't really clear when. He wasn't exactly on the grid, you could say. He was pretty down on his luck, living out of his car. When he first moved out to the state, he was in an unspecified SUV. But to add insult to injury, he soon totaled his car and ended up in a cliché, creepy white van. He usually parked this van in a Starbucks parking lot, making that his residence, effectively, living with his three dogs. This van, a 1997 Ford Aerostar Cargo to be specific, would go on to be very significant to both Sean and at least one other person. Sean, although basically living on the streets, didn't really have a criminal background in Alabama aside from a few traffic violations, one for having expired tags and one for driving without insurance. By late 2019, a small group of people had actually started to rally around Sean, first noticing his dogs. 
When bringing food for those dogs, they started to notice Sean's personality, which they described as heartwarming. Some of them were just people who frequented that particular Starbucks, noticing that he was usually outside looking like he could use some help. One particular woman noticed all of the other people already helping him out and decided to join them. He was a very, very smart, nice guy, she said. I'm always on the paranoid side and I never felt uncomfortable with him. She felt a good deal of pity for him, saying, he was very lonely. It was hard to leave him because he kept wanting to talk. Sean told the people who helped him that the reason he moved out to Alabama in the first place was to get away from the gang activity in California. He added that he had a brother in Alabama that he thought he could meet, but unfortunately that brother moved away right around when he arrived. So he left the town of Dothan before moving out to Birmingham. Sean started attending a church in Fultondale and even started participating in a Bible study class. He was even invited to dinner at the home of a couple there who became his friends. He ended up getting baptized at the church and a fair amount of people attended the ceremony. The night before, his supporters even got him a hotel room so that he could clean up in preparation. That wasn't the only time they got him a hotel room either. Sometimes his friends would put him up in a room if it was simply too hot or too cold outside. After a while, in December, another woman he knew actually even helped to get him a federally subsidized apartment out in Inslee that would even accept his three dogs. This was done with the plan that, eventually, he would become self-sufficient and kind of carve his own path in life. At the very least, they just wanted him to be comfortable. This same woman went out to meet him on Christmas Eve, bringing with him some items for what would be his apartment. He admitted to her that, back home, he had been convicted in a robbery about 20 years ago. However, with the way he acted now, nobody would have assumed that he could become violent. We never got any weird vibes from him, she said. This is when things suddenly, unexpectedly, went very downhill. On December 29th of 2019, a concerned citizen noticed what he correctly assumed to be a kidnapping in progress on Brookside Kohlberg Road. The witness saw a black man dragging a white woman bleeding from her head into a wooded area. The woman screamed for help. The kidnapper then noticed the witness, got spooked, and quickly dragged the woman back into the back of his white van and sped off. The witness, while calling the police, got into his own vehicle and started following the van. I'm sure you've picked up on it already, but this kidnapper was none other than Sean Sanders. The woman, bleeding from all over her head and face, was screaming, Help, he's gonna kill me, said the witness. I didn't have all the facts. The only thing I did know was that I wasn't going to let him leave without the police checking it out, said the witness, a man named Jay Bostick. Jay was able to provide the police with the best description of the kidnapper, the victim, and the van that he could, as well as the direction in which they were traveling. It was good enough, as two Brookside patrol cars soon happened to see the van driving past a local area church. They attempted to pull the van over, but then the vehicle suddenly rammed a civilian vehicle and sped off. One of the patrol cars attempted to stop him once more, but he fled further down the road, leading police on a high-speed chase as they called for backup. The chase ended up on Mount Olive Road, where officers soon saw the van approaching and blocked the road. The van came to a stop, and the officers saw what they described as an injured female victim bleeding from her head being held against her will, who was soon forced to the floorboard. The officers tried to approach and enter the van, but the kidnapper once again peeled out, rammed a police car, and fled down the road once more. Soon after, tactical response units were called and asked to assist. They decided to stop the van using what they called a rolling roadblock, where the police forced traffic to a slowdown and barricaded the vehicle in. This was seeming to work until Sean decided to try to flee one last time. He tried to run over an officer in an attempt to do so, causing the officer to fire some shots at him. 
The shots actually ended up disabling the van and ending the car chase for good. However, it wasn't over yet. The van slowed down to a crawl and came to a full stop in front of a nearby house on Joe Nail Road. This was when Sean climbed into the back of the van with the victim and started an intense standoff with the police that went on to last for over 35 minutes as the woman screamed for help. Officers did their best to keep trying to gain entry to the vehicle, but they weren't really having much luck. Sean was holding the victim at knife point in the back of the van, ordering the cops to stop approaching. The cops attempted to negotiate, but they weren't making any progress whatsoever as Sean refused to relent at all. Officers surrounded Sean's van and established a perimeter, all while he continued to press his knife against the hostage and bark orders at the police. He inched further toward the back of the van as the tension built. However, being literally backed into a corner, Sean still refused to give up. Instead, he started to demand that the officers kill him. Fearing that the hostage was in clear immediate danger and that Sean was quickly descending into madness, the police officers eventually decided to force their way into the back of the van and use a taser to take Sean down and subdue him. This move was a success. Sean crumpled to the ground and was swiftly taken into custody while the remaining officers rescued the horrified victim. The entire ordeal was actually captured on police body cam, as you've seen here. Police reviewing the scene were shocked at what they came to find. The van itself had been converted into an actual mobile cage. Wires had been used to cover the windows, like bars in a jail cell. Blankets had been put up to block any view of the outside, and all of the doors were chained shut. This clearly took a good amount of planning and premeditation. The police checked over the victim, who wasn't looking so great. It seemed that she had taken more than 30 blows to the head and face with a tire iron. A few of the officers suffered minor injuries during the scuffle, but they mainly consisted of scrapes and bruises. They were treated on the scene. Sean E. Sanders was arrested as the police continued to look over his cage on wheels in disbelief. The cops, seeing this, weren't really sure what to make of it, but they feared the worst. Seeing that cage immediately made them fear that human trafficking may have been a motive. And if so, was Sean doing this alone, or was this part of a bigger operation? They didn't know the answers to those questions, but they feared the worst for good reason. After a while, though, they started to calm down as the case didn't really seem to be part of some bigger scheme. He himself didn't really seem to have any motive or any sort of bigger goal in mind beyond from kidnapping and possibly killing someone. It seemed that he was just a lone man who had simply lost his mind. When it comes to the victim, her identity hasn't been released, but the police have said that she was very likely to have been another woman who had lived on the streets that Sean had become acquainted with. We don't believe at this point that he is a serial kidnapper or anything, and I believe this is an isolated incident, said the Brookside Police Chief Mike Jones. We believe they may know each other through a street relationship. For those of you worried about the fate of Sean's dogs, uh, don't worry, they're completely fine. The police seized them upon Sean's arrest and turned them over to animal control officers. It has been said that now they're all living in new homes, perfectly safe and fine. Over time, Sean's details and past became known to the police. However, there wasn't much to know. He was a homeless man from LA who came out to Alabama. But Sean was claiming to the police that he had a very extensive history of violent crime back home. Given that he had previously admitted to being arrested for a full-on robbery, this very well could have been true. He went on to admit to the police that he had planned to take the victim out into the woods and kill her. Why? He couldn't really say. He met her on the streets and decided that he simply wanted to. 
Police, after hearing from Sean himself about his long and violent history, decided to verify if any of that was even true. He told them that he had a long list of crimes in his past, including kidnapping, attempted murder, assault, and narcotics charges. The local police at least had never even dealt with him before, so they decided to look into his history back in LA. The police were able to find that he had indeed served time for robbery many years back, but that was about all they could dig up. If he had committed these other crimes that he claimed to have committed, there at least wasn't any record of it. Aside from possibly lying or inflating his past, Sean was very cooperative with the investigators. He's admitted to the kidnapping and assault here, said the police chief. He also said he drove toward our officer and that he wanted the officers to kill him. Even though he fully admitted to his crimes on record, he still failed to give any sort of motive. The police chief went on to say that Sean's situation wasn't particularly unusual. They have other homeless people living out of their cars in the area, and they tended to be helped out by both civilians and organizations alike, just like Sean was. That's the scary part, he said. People are trying to be kind-hearted, and then someone they're helping does this. But you don't want to tell people to stop being kind-hearted. None of the people who had helped Sean in the past have ever accused him of any wrongdoing whatsoever. He was always a real stand-up guy around them. They had never seen this side of him before. Hell, they never had any sort of indication that he might be capable of anything like this in the slightest. For the time being, police deliberated on what actually to charge him with. Kidnapping was a given, but they needed some time to think about what else to slap him with. The victim was taken to the hospital, and after staying there for some time, she was finally sent home to finish her recovery. She refuses to talk, so it's kind of unknown how she's doing beyond that fact. She wasn't one of the people who had helped Sean in the past, so it seems like she was completely unconnected to that part of his life. The circumstances of their meeting, or what possible relationship they could have had, are completely up to speculation. In the end, the police chief has said that he is very proud of the way the officers handled the whole ordeal. These law enforcement officers are true heroes. They risk their own safety to save a life with outstanding restraint, bravery, and professionalism, he said. I pray for these officers every day and for their safety. I also commend the initial witness who reported the kidnapping, he continued. Without his vigilance and proactive response, we could be investigating a homicide. The victim is stable now. It seems she continued her recovery at home and seems to be doing fine. The witness who originally reported the kidnapping, that man did a great job, said the chief. I believe God placed him there for a reason, he said of the witness. He said that, without this man's help, the victim realistically could have died. The people who helped Sean and the people who went to church with him reacted in shock and horror as they heard about this incident. They had never seen this side of him before. They had never seen any indication at all that he could be violent. In fact, they even felt safe and comfortable around him. That alone might be the scariest part of this case. Sean himself remains behind bars. He was facing a pretty good number of felony charges. The police finally decided to charge him with first-degree kidnapping, two counts of attempted murder, one of these was likely for the cop that he tried to run over, reckless endangerment, first-degree criminal trespassing, attempting to elude, and three counts of criminal mischief. They're also seizing his van. He likely won't be using it again anyway. He was transported to the Jefferson County Jail, where he was being held on a $125,000 bond. Once again, this has been your host, Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.